stories like Jasmine Curtis. We love that. Well, good morning, Hope City Church. Uh, in case you have not figured it out yet, we are so excited that you are here. Are you excited to be here today? My name is Andrea Isaacs, and my husband, Jason Isaacs, is the pastor of Hope City Church. And again, let me just welcome you. Um, we could not be more thrilled uh, that you are here today. And um, I want this location, South Louisville, to help me welcome our Shepherdsville location. Can you guys help me welcome them? Hope City Church is a church in two locations. Uh, we are one church, but we are in two locations. And so I just want to say wherever you are listening from, um, we are so glad that you are, are with us and that we get to talk um, about Jesus for a little bit together today. You guys excited about that? I love it. Um, we have been in an Advent series, and Advent is something that I am very, very excited about. Advent, um, we, we don't know exactly where it comes from, how far back, but we know uh, that research shows us that it goes all the way as far back as 480 AD, and that many of our Christmas traditions uh, stem from Advent. Things like putting up Christmas trees, um, decorating a lot of the Christmas carols that we sing. Um, and so we just wanted to take four weeks um, to walk through the celebration of Advent together. Um, we know that it's the holiday season, and I think if we were all being honest, um, sometimes the chaos and the craziness, it, it pulls at our attention, right? Anybody there in the holidays right now? You know, D-A-Z-E, that crazy... Um, festive time that um, if we're not careful, it can kind of uh, pull us away from, from what really matters. And so we wanted um, to just have a little bit of time throughout the month of December with our church family to kind of refocus on, on what really matters and to be reminded that because Jesus loved us, he decided to leave heaven. He was born as a human child um, we know that he sacrificed himself, he died for us, and we know, we believe that he is again coming one day. And so Advent, the actual word Advent, it just means um, the, the celebration or the expectation that someone notable is coming. So when you hear the word Advent, I want you to think Jesus is coming, he's coming back. Um, that's the correlation, that's the connection that we are wanting you to make. So... For four weeks, we started last week, um, we just wanted to address some of the themes of Advent. Maybe some of you grew up in a tradition where you had an Advent wreath, or maybe your church upbringing um, each week celebrated some of these themes or some of these big words. But I just want to give them to you really quickly. Um, and we also have a sermon guide. There's a couple of little spots for notes. Um, but the scripture that we're going to be talking about and um, other uh, key parts of the message, uh, you, can, you can take care of those on your sermon guide today. But the four themes are um, hope or expectation, faith, joy and peace. And so as we're working through this series, that kind of gives you um, a look. If you missed last week, um, I would encourage you to go check it out. Our website is realhopenow.com or you can listen um, on our podcast. Uh, but it's really good and it kind of laid the foundation for where we are going um, today. Today is faith. Today is all about the topic of faith. And um, I want us to look at the fact that we have the ability to wrestle with our faith without losing our faith. 
And I think that that is important um, because the reality is that all of us are going to struggle with questions at some point in time or another. We're going to have moments um, where we feel like we need more faith, where we have more questions than answers. But listen, it's so important because if we are willing to fight for our faith, I believe that if we'll push through that, when faith feels more like a struggle than something that you're walking in, when the dominant emotion is doubt, I believe if we'll fight through that, that God will do something greater with our lives than we could possibly imagine. Amen? When I say the word faith, there's two different kind of maybe primary definitions or contexts that you might think of. Um, The first would be like a capital F, like I belong to a particular faith. That's really faith as a noun. Um, You you might hear someone say, my faith is what gives me hope. Um, They're using it as a noun. I want us to talk about faith today as an action, as something that we engage in. I want us to talk about faith as a verb. Um, You know, not not the baseline like faith in Jesus, um, but the idea that when we... um, are walking out our faith every single day. There is something very um, present and active and moving about that faith. I think for a lot of us, we can say we believe in a man named Jesus, but not believe that he is willing to to be a part of our daily lives, that he is presently, actively um, working on our behalf, blessing our lives, um, hearing our prayers, things like that. And so I want us to figure out What does it look like when we um, take up faith as a verb, as an action? I think if I were to pass the mic around today, that so many of us, probably most of us, maybe even all of us, would say or could say that there's something that we're hoping for, something that we're concerned with, something that we're waiting on God or talking to God about. And I want us to see what is it that we're supposed to do when our faith feels uncertain, How do we handle that? How do we not lay down our faith if we're in a faith crisis? And I found a story recently that I thought would kind of help give us a a launching point, and I want to read it to you this morning. Once upon a time, in a not-so-far-away land, there was a kingdom of acorns nestled at the foot of a grand old oak tree. Since the citizens of this kingdom were modern, fully westernized acorns, they went about their business with purposeful energy, And since they were midlife baby boomer acorns, they engaged in a lot of self-help courses. There were seminars called Getting All You Can Out of Your Shell. There were woundedness and recovery groups for acorns who had been bruised in their original fall from the tree. There were spas for oiling and polishing those shells and various acorn-pathic therapies to enhance longevity and well-being. One day... In the midst of this kingdom, there suddenly appeared a naughty little stranger, apparently dropped out of the blue by a passing bird. He was capless and dirty, making an immediate negative impression on his fellow acorns. And crouched beneath the oak tree, he stammered out a wild tale. Pointing upward at the tree, he said, We are that delusional thinking. Obviously, the other acorns decided that this could be absolutely impossible. But one of them continued to engage in the conversation. So, tell us, 
how would we become that tree? Well, he said, pointing downward, it has something to do with going into the ground and cracking open the shell. <laughs> Insane, they responded. Totally morbid. Why, then we wouldn't be acorns anymore. I think if we're willing, I think if we are at a place where we can accept um, things that don't fully make sense all the way through, I think we, like acorns, can be something greater. I think that God has plans that are so big for your life, for my life, that we can't even fully wrap our head around them. Jesus even told similar parables um, when he talked about having the faith of a mustard seed, having the ability to move a mountain. He also said, uh, in, in another similar story, he said that the tiniest of seeds, a mustard seed, can go into the ground and it can produce the largest of all trees. What an amazing paradox, right? And I think that what Jesus is reminding us and letting us know is that when our faith feels as small as a seed, it can still accomplish really big things. Listen, God has bigger plans for your life than you can imagine. I want you to hear that today. God has bigger plans for our lives than we can imagine. And I think where we struggle, at least where I struggle, is when I can't fully understand how I'm supposed to get from point A to point B, when I don't know the entire process, when I don't have the full scope of the blueprint, blueprints that God has for my life, my temptation is to pull away. My temptation is to find something safe and secure, and in the words of our story, to just stay an acorn. That if it means that I don't get to know the whole entire process, I don't, I don't know if I'm in. But I'm challenging each one of us today to consider accepting the impossible. In other words, I want you to want to be an oak tree. Today, we're going to look at two people from the Christmas story. Um, both of these people were visited by angels. Both people received news about an impossible birth. Both people had questions. The first guy, he struggled because he wanted to be sure. He wanted to be certain. And the second person, we're going to see that they didn't have to be sure. Let me say it like this. In the Christmas story that we're going to look at, we're going to see that it's okay to wonder how God can do something. It's not okay to wonder if God can do something. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 1. We're going to meet a priest named Zechariah. And Zechariah, the Bible tells us that he was advanced in age, in years. And um, there had been some desires for his life, for his heart, that he had um, already taken to God. He and his wife desperately wanted to have children. But being along in years, being older, um, they had a, a little bit allowed that dream to die. But something miraculous happens in Luke chapter 1, verse 11, and that's where I want us to pick up. In verse 11, it says, 
While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw the angel. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Okay, now I have to set the stage for us just a little bit, because I think that a lot of times when we read the Bible, we expect or assume that supernatural things were happening all the time, and that's not the case. I need you to have an imagination this morning, and I want you to envision this older man, this elderly man. He's faithfully served God for a long time, um, but it was not you know, a normal or natural thing for angels to show up. This is not like, uh, you know, oh, Zachariah, he was this priest and he regularly, you know, experienced uh, angels every day of his life. That's not what happened. And um, I think for all of us, you know, as we read the Bible, we just assume that the people in the Bible um, were not ordinary, normal, everyday people. We think, oh, they're, yeah, they, they were used to miracles. They were used to supernatural. They were used to God interrupting their normal, everyday lives. And that's not the case. Um, so the fact that this angel has showed up to Zechariah is a really big deal, and I need us to get that today. I need us to recognize that Zechariah is just as taken back. The scripture, it, it even says that he was um, shaken and overwhelmed with what? Fear. This is completely unexpected. He is shaken and overwhelmed with fear. Now, I know how my heart rate was racing the day that I found out that I was going to have a baby, and then how much it was uh, exponentially beating faster when I found out the second kid was coming, and then the, the third time, and then the fourth time. <laughs> so we know, a lot of us know what it is like already to be in an emotional moment where you find out that your family is growing. It's a really big deal. I cannot even begin to process if that news had come from an angel <laughs> instead of what we would assume to be more traditional methods, right? Going to the doctor or whatever the case may be. And here we find Zachariah being interrupted in, in something that should have been very ritualistic, something that would have been very much what he was trained for and what his normal day-to-day -day behavior would have been. And so I don't want us to miss the emotions of the moment. He is being told that the prayer that he has wanted and desired more than anything is getting ready to happen, but he is also experiencing fear. And being able to navigate both of those emotions, just exactly how, what kind of mind frame that would have put him in, okay? But I want us to see what happens next, okay? In verse 18, after he kind of works through, okay, I'm, uh, he, uh, this, there's an angel, and my wife's going to have a baby. This is, this is his response. Zechariah said to the angel in verse 18, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. If you have a Bible or scripture in front of you, I'd love for you to underline or highlight, how can I be sure? Because I think this is really tricky for Zechariah. I want to say to him, Zechariah, there, there's an angel in front of you. 
what do you mean, how can I be sure? Like, there's an angel in front of you right now. But I think so many of us have found ourselves in a similar situation. Maybe not an angel, but if someone from the outside was looking in on your life, they would be going, hello, God has already told you. God has already shown up in your life. Why are you asking, how can you be sure? How can you be sure? I think Zachariah is so human in this moment. All of us can relate to that. Look what Gabriel says back to him. This is so great. The angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. It's almost as if Gabriel's like, how can you be sure? I'm Gabriel. Like, I'm Gabriel. I don't know what else you need, man. I don't know what else you need. Okay. But again, I just think that that's so familiar for a lot of us, that we believe that God is doing something big in our lives. And then we, we go, but can I, I don't, I just, I don't, can I be sure? I don't. And the angel says, listen, he's like, I have been sent from God. And in verse 20, he says, this is important, but now, since you didn't believe, maybe you need to circle the word believe. Since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Now, I don't want us to hear this story today and be afraid that we're going to not be able to talk for, you know, nine months. That is not the point, okay? But I do think that there is something worth taking a look at um, and, and trying to understand where Zachariah was at and why the angel responded to him this way. Um, the first struggle that Zachariah has, and, and we see it right there in black and white in scripture, is that he was fearful. And maybe your faith is struggling today because you're fearful. You're afraid that you're not going to get into the college that you've applied to. You're fearful that you're waiting on test results that you don't know what the future is going to look like. Maybe you're worried that your kids are going to make terrible decisions. We have all kinds of things to be afraid of. But what does the angel say to him? Do not be afraid. That's his very first immediate response to Zechariah. He says, don't be afraid. So if you're struggling today, wondering what to do with your faith when it feels weak, when it feels like you have more questions than answers, the first thing that we're reminded over and over is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And the very next uh, part of that verse, the angel says, God has heard your prayers. Wow. Man, I don't know about you, but I can totally take encouragement from that today. What do I do when I'm wrestling with my faith? What do I do when I'm, you know, fearful? First of all, I'm going to try to not be afraid. But second of all, I'm going to remember that God hears my prayers. There is no telling how many years decades, Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth were praying to have a child. Wow. We start praying about something and wonder why it hasn't happened three days later. We have to feel the weight of his life wondering over and over and over and over, God, do you even hear me? 
Zechariah was a priest, probably someone that we would elevate and say, well, my goodness, I mean, if his prayers aren't being answered for decades, right? But no, the reminder is God hears your prayers. God hears your prayers. The third thing that I want us to recognize is that God's plans for your life are bigger than your plans for your life. Zechariah wanted a baby. But let me tell you about that baby that ends up coming. That baby that they were told to name John is John the Baptist. Have you heard of him? That's pretty awesome. Zechariah wasn't going to just be a dad. He was the dad of the guy who paves the way for Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? His biggest dream was just to have a kid. But God's dream for Zachariah's life was so much bigger. So much bigger. I want us to take a look um, at the idea that Zachariah, there, there is a part of the story of, you know, that he's not allowed to talk for several months. And what's up with that? And I think that it is, um, if you guys will, will go with me for just a minute, I think it's significant that it was Zachariah's words that got him into trouble. And then an angel says, listen, you're not going to be able to do, you're, you just, I'm going to take that away from you. I think that for so many of us, myself included, that we talk ourselves into disbelief. We repeat it and we rehearse it and with our negativity and with our cynicism and with our disbelief and with reciting the impossibility of it over and over and over, we talk ourselves out of faith. And Romans 10, verse 16 and 17, it says, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. Okay, this is a reference back to the Old Testament, but a similar situation where a group of people are not willing to accept good news. And Isaiah says, Lord, um, who has believed our message? Look at verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Every single time that you show up to Hope City Church and you're hearing the word of God, your faith is increased. Your faith is lifted. When you choose to say scripture, that's the word, that's the message of God. When you choose to speak that instead of your doubt or disbelief or negativity, your faith is lifted. Maybe today, for some of your faith to increase, you need to hear Psalm 139 that says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Maybe some of you need to hear Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. When you start to question your future, you tell yourself, you speak out loud and say, God, I know the plans you have for me. I know that there are plans to prosper and to give me a hope and to give me a future. Amen? Some of us maybe need to hear, the Lord will fight for you. You only need be still. Exodus 14, 14. Maybe some of you need to hear Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary. Maybe we need to hear Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
when you find yourself struggling with your faith, you need to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is not the absence of questions. I think that's very important for us to realize today. Faith is not the absence of questions. And that's why I want us to take a look at the next part of this Christmas story. We're going to pick up with Mary in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Zachariah's wife, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, what? Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign. Mary, in verse 34, look, she has a question. She says, how can this be? Now, I think it's important that we recognize there's a difference between Zachariah's question and Mary's question. Zachariah's question said, how can I be sure? Mary's question says, how can this be? It's okay to have questions. But I think the significant difference is that Mary was saying, I wonder how God can do this. And Zechariah was saying, I wonder if God can do this. She says, I'm a virgin. I don't understand. How can this be? Okay. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Amen. Here we go. Verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. If your faith is struggling today, I want you to know that nothing is impossible with God. Verse 37. When you start to question and feel like you are struggling and losing your way, you have to remember, for nothing is impossible with God. Listen, we see in Mary's story, just like in Zachariah's story, don't be afraid. We see that God hears us when we talk to him. Mary took all of her struggle and asked for truth. It's okay to want more information. It's okay to be wrestling with questions and not understanding all that's going on, okay? The third thing that we see is that God's plans for Mary's life were bigger than her plans. I'm sure Mary wanted to be a mom. I'm sure Mary wanted to have children one day. I doubt she was ever expecting to be the mother of the Savior of the world. God's plans for your life are bigger than your plans for your life. And the fourth thing that we realize is that nothing, listen, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Zechariah isn't disqualified for doubting. He's just delayed. 
He can't speak for several months. But like I said, he goes on to be the father of John the Baptist. And it's the Bible, if you keep reading in Luke chapter 1, it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. And there were people around him that saw what God was doing in Zachariah's life. And he became a testimony of faith to them. They were increased in their faith because they saw God working in Zachariah's life. We're not disqualified because of our doubt. We're just delayed. The final thing that I want to leave us with today is Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, um, who's pregnant with John. And these two women have this beautiful exchange. They're both expecting. They have incredible news. This is a bigger deal than anybody could have imagined. And Elizabeth says something to Mary that I want to be said of me. And I want it to be said of you today. I want you to take a look at verse 45. Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed is she who has believed. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. That's what I want for us today. Blessed is she who believed. From Zechariah and from Mary's story, We see that God tells us not to be afraid. We see that God hears us. We see that God's plans for our life are bigger than our plans for our life. And we see that nothing is impossible with God. Would you stand to your feet with me today? I want us to close in prayer. I think this